You're listening to the Be Healthy Naturally podcast, episode number 10. Welcome to the best 20 minutes of natural health education and enlightenment on the web today. This is the Be Healthy Naturally podcast. Knowledge, empower, and elevate are the keys to living a happy, healthy life. With your hosts, often known as the Dynamic Duo, Dr. Shane Watt, a chiropractic physician, and Liz Watt, a holistic wellness expert. We bring our knowledge and education together to create a new way of thinking to elevate your life and your health. In order for you to live your best life, you have to elevate your learning. So we want to welcome Casey Hermeson to our podcast today. He has an incredible story that I think we can all learn from his experience. So Casey started out um, being very successful in business. He was one of the uh, first find what say what'd you say that again as? Uh, yeah, kind of the founding executive director for um, what was then Apex Alarm. Now it's Vivint, which uh, is now Vivint. Yeah, and I met Casey um, a little bit ago. And in, in our conversation, he found out that I do neural feedback in my office. And he just looked at me and said, you know what, that saved my marriage. And I'm like, what? I want to listen to this story. So we're glad to have him here. So tell a little bit about, you know, the whole story, how this whole crash happened, how success to crash to now success again. Yeah. So um, if it's okay, let me start out with a story. So if, if you're familiar with uh, the home security industry, obviously it's door-to-door sales, right? And so I would, I would train guys all over the nation on how to sell door to door. And so a lot of times they would call me and they would, you know, tell me their stories. And there's always crazy stories in sales, but with door to door you get, oh, yeah, even you get the stories. extremes. Yeah. yeah. So, so <laughs> one time, missionary, right? <laughs> yeah. So one night I had this guy call me and he's like, man, you're never going to believe what happened to me today. And he was telling me that at this point, this was right when Wendy's came out with the spicy chicken sandwich. And so <laughs> you can kind of know where this is going. But he decided for lunch he was going to have this spicy chicken sandwich. And then he went back out on the doors. He's knocking doors, got far away from his car. And all of a sudden it hit him. And he knew that he was in trouble. And uh, <laughs> it just, and so he said he was he was faking it for the longest time. And he would get his composure and walk down the street. That would hit him again. And he would have to just you know stand still right, right. there. And so finally he got to this point where he knew knew his only option was to go up to this door, knock on the door and ask to use their bathroom. And so he did. And luckily it was a little old lady that answered the door. And so he was grateful for that. And uh, he said, man, I, I hate to ask you this, but uh, is there any way I can use your bathroom? And she said, of course, and pointed him down the hall. And uh, he said he was sitting there for about, I don't know, four or five seconds when he heard a noise. And about 18 inches to the left of him was a shower curtain and it ripped open and the little old lady's husband was in there taking a bath. <laughs> and, and he said the shower curtain closed and he opened it back up and was like, did I really just see what I was seeing? So I'm sitting there face to face with this guy. And uh, why he's doing his business. Yeah, why he's doing his business. He says, I got up and I ran out of that house. And he says, I've never been more uncomfortable in my life. And, and anyway, I laughed about it. But ever since that time, I coined that, uh, that, you know, that experience as a shower curtain moment. And a shower curtain moment is one of those moments in life when we're so uncomfortable that we would do anything to get out of that situation. It could be, you know, spiritual, financial, health-wise, uh, relationships, whatever it is, you have those shower curtain moments. And so uh, my experience, uh, this is my shower curtain moment in life, one of those situations. I, you know, early in my 20s, I had the opportunity to uh, be a part of the uh, launch and the start of what's now uh, Vivint. And and obviously, if you're from this area, you know the success of that. And um, 
we got to a place where you know we were really uh, being very successful at a young age and the company was growing four or five hundred percent a year and and we were doing really well we were you know accumulating uh, wealth and and you know properties and different things and living a life that was very comfortable and uh, then all of a sudden life started kind of becoming I don't know, um, not making sense anymore. There was a lot of stress uh, in our family, my wife, and, and things weren't really making sense anymore. And so we had three little kids at the time. Um, all of them were under the age of three. And so I thought, you know, I'm traveling five, six days a week. Maybe that's that's the, the uh, cause of this. And and it just it just kept getting you know worse and worse. And, and so finally, we were at a point where we knew we had to make a, a major change. And at the time, we were building a house down in Arizona as a rental home, and so we decided to uh, move down to Arizona and just get away from everything, kind of start over, start fresh, and, and things would you know figure themselves out. So when we got to Arizona, uh, things didn't figure themselves out. They just got worse and worse. And, um, you know, it, it, my, my wife's world kind of turned completely upside down. Nothing was making sense anymore, logically. Um, you know, where she was very uh, active in church, that was no longer a uh, interest. Um, the feelings that she had for me as her husband or for our kids, they weren't there anymore. And she just did, didn't understand those relationships anymore. And so we knew that there was something, something more going on, but we didn't, couldn't quite figure it out. And so... Uh, over the course of time and a lot of uh, dark, dark days, uh, in fact, I, I end up taking about two and a half years off of work completely. And uh, during that time, we just I was liquidating assets to live off of, and uh, I thought, surely, you know, this will pass, and, and, and it didn't. Um, we went through a period of time that I call the Craigslist chapter of our lives, where the bills would come and I would just look at whatever was around the house and list it on Craigslist for sale to pay the bills and and uh, pretty soon we we really literally had nothing um, at one point we got to the got to a point at the end where we only had the mattresses of our beds on the floor because um, we had sold the frames we had sold our couches we had sold everything trying to survive and, and to live through this and um, and in the end uh, my wife was finally diagnosed uh, with bipolar and the doctor. So this whole time, she's going through this whole health crisis. You have no idea what's going no on. No idea. We, know, we have, have no, no idea. You just what's know going there's on. something majorly wrong. Yeah. Life's been changed. Everything's crazy. But because you're trying to support her and be there for your kids and everything, you went from financial security, business, big yeah. business guy, to basically selling everything that you had accumulated so that you could be with your family so and try to keep try yeah. to keep it together. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, you know, pretty soon assets and anything to be uh, sold ran out. And so we got to the point where in the end we actually, we lost everything. I mean, we lost our house and, and uh, you know, like I told you, it made moving really simple because all we had to do was pack up our mattresses and clothes and call it good. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, we ended up losing everything. But um, right when she was diagnosed, the doctors, of course, put her on multiple different medications. And, you know, it didn't what I call it, it kind of band-aid or numbed her um, you know it didn't it didn't solve any problems right. it just kind of just made her sleep for 20 hours a day yeah. and so that's the way that they were dealing with it and so um, we started doing some research and we came across neurofeedback and and it so happened that there was an individual in the uh, Phoenix area that that was highly 
uh, recommended and looked in, really intelligent in this in this uh, field. And so we reached out to him, and and it was a really unique case for him as well as he went through it. But he attacked it head on, and he worked aggressively uh, with her for about eight weeks. And when I say aggressively, uh, she was seeing him about two to three times a week. Yeah. Um, and after about eight weeks, going from you know, not having really any feeling anymore and going through this complete uh, change of what makes so sense in life. She was kind of like detached from everything. Super detached from, mm-hmm. from reality of life. And, and she kept telling me, she's like, this is me. So this is me. You got to accept it or, you know, be or done be with this. Or, yeah, sort of. Uh. But I knew it wasn't. Um, I definitely knew it wasn't her. And I think that's one thing that's, that's really important when you're dealing with uh, especially mental illnesses of any kind is to understand whether it's a spouse or a kid or a friend or whatever it is that that illness is not them that that's that's an illness it's completely separate from them that doesn't identify them and um, that thought process helped me a lot because and I mean when you're going through things like this I mean there, there can be some things that are said or happen or whatever that can be extremely uh, hard to, to swallow or to deal right. with and so being able to make that separation is an important thing. Um, but anyway, back to... Let me ask you a yeah. question, because I'm sure you've shared this story before. When you say neural feedback, a lot of people don't understand what that is. How do you explain what neural feedback is? When you when the, you said, well, I did this right. thing and it helped my wife, it's called neural feedback, because yeah. most people have an understanding, and I know what it is, but yeah. most of our listeners don't. So, so for our that? experience, um, if you basically think of the brain first off mm-hmm. and just dissecting the brain which I don't know, it's called a QEG I'm not sure if you do QEG yeah, tests or whatever map. but yeah brain mapping and basically mapping out the brain to see where the uh, damage is or where there's trauma and it was really fascinating to watch uh, this process take place to where trauma was identified and then from there um, it's basically retraining the brain um, hooking hooking up to electrodes or whatever yeah. you call them. Sensors. Sensors and, uh, and knowing where to place those in which part of the brain uh-huh. and, um, and then being able to trigger that part of the brain. The way I looked at it back then is, you know, if I, if I you know, I'm hammering a nail into a board and I accidentally miss and smash my thumb, I'm gonna have some brain waves that send me through the roof, but I'm also gonna have some brain waves that kick in and bring me back down and be able to deal with that situation. Mm-hmm. And back then, the way I looked at it is, those brain waves that shot up and caused anger and rage and whatever else went up, but these, these other brain waves that are supposed to go up and say, hey, it's okay, come back down here, they were down here they dormant. Were misfiring they were, yeah, then. they just weren't active. Right. Yeah. And so um, neurofeedback is a way that you can retrain the brain in order to have those different brain waves do what they're supposed to do right. in order to uh, to yeah, work properly. To be healthy. Yeah. To have yeah. a healthy brain. No, that's good. And that's a good basic analogy. explanation. Yeah, you're using, yeah, you're using brain waves. So the QEG, what it does is it measures the brain wave activity in the different areas, lobes of the brain. And then you can see if things are like high firing or low firing. And then you can then you can train the brain, like exercise the brain according to those what your findings are. But yeah, that's a good way to explain it. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's what we did. And after about eight weeks, um, she woke up one day and she was just like, Wow, I feel I feel like I'm me again. Like I feel like I, I'm feeling normal again here. And so when I say that it literally saved our, our marriage, saved her life, saved uh, 
saved our family. It, it truly did. It was it was the uh, yeah, that's awesome. it was the key thing that that pulled us through that situation. Now, from then, um, we've always used it as a maintenance type of a thing. Um, there were certain triggers that we would watch for, and, and if you know if she. Uh, just wasn't sleeping at all again, or if she had really, really, uh, she had she had Stephen King type of uh, I mean, she'd probably scare Stephen King with her nightmares. Sorry, I thought I turned that film. And down. Uh, so anyway, when she had those type of things happen, then we would go in and and do another series of, of neurofeedback appointments, um, usually ten or eight to ten, whatever it was, and and those would just keep her keep kind her, of put her back into balance. Yeah. Again. Yep. Exactly. So. Um, yeah, huge advocates of it. We've sent many people over the years to uh, to also do neurofeedback for a, for a range of different things. But it was uh, yeah, pretty incredible uh, uh, treatment at that point in our lives. So, so in our office, we actually do neurofeedback, and um, Shane's been able to help a lot of from young kids up to older people be able to help retrain that brain to be able to function properly. Yeah, I got into it because I was doing a lot of natural thyroid care and people with thyroid issues always have anxiety and depression. Yeah. And neurofeedback is a huge benefit for anxiety and depression. Yeah, we've also used it on uh, one of our children as well. So we have seven kids, um, three of them are adopted. And uh, one of our children that was adopted uh, you know, had reactive attachment disorder uh-huh. and had uh, some processing disorders and stuff like that. And so even as a young child, um, we, we use neurofeedback as a tool for, for him as well. Nice. So. so let's go a little bit into, um, one thing that you, you talked about is um, the, the sickness couldn't be a you had the sickness, it became a we thing in order to help. Just kind of go through how you could, because most, I mean honestly I think most people would have just abelled on that. You know, they would have just said, this ain't worth it anymore. I've tried and I've tried. I've moved. I've lost everything. I've done everything I can. Okay, I'm done. So from that side point, um, not just what kept you there, but give some advice to people who are struggling. Because there are, you know, all of a sudden, this is not the person I married anymore. She's got this going on or this going on. So what are some things that you, you know, that you can kind of give advice to or, you know, kind of share with that there is hope, I guess, at the end yeah. of the tunnel kind of thing. Yeah, because if it's not a brain thing, then it could be a health thing. I mean, we all struggle with a lot of different things, so. Yeah, that, that's, that was my point at the first, is like a shower curtain moment can be anything. I mean, you have people that are you know struggling financially that ends up sending them off the edge, you know, or you have people that are struggling mentally or spiritually or, you know, just with whatever, uh, mm-hmm. midlife crisis, whatever it is, there's always something, right? And we're, none of us are immune to those things. And so, yeah, this was, you know, something my wife went through as far as the illness goes. But, you know, I've got my own things I've had to go through, you know, and everybody does. And so um, with that, so I got to a point during that time where I felt uh, completely defeated, completely crushed. I, I had nothing left in me. Um, I honestly didn't know how I would continue um, after losing everything, losing a career, felt like my, you know, my marriage was just right on the brinks, you know, and that sort of thing. And so um, I got to a point where going from, you know, uh, uh, not to sound, you know, boisterous or well, you were you were an exec in a in a company that you left before it sold, but it sold for what a billion dollars? Two point two. Two point two billion. Yeah. Unfortunately, you left right before that sale. Yeah, and that's and that's fine. It was one of those life choices, but. 
it's yeah but going the point is going from a position that a lot of people relied on you and you know I was always busy well to the outside world the outside world that's what success is right Right. yeah and so having that going on and 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 truly before that having this you know perfect little family a beautiful wife three little kids we were living well and everything was perfect to having the carpet pulled from underneath you and no longer having any of that um, I truly got to a point where I was I was crushed I remember one day and we were living in the Phoenix Valley and and there's a little uh, hill or a little mountain outside of town on the uh, southeast part of the valley called, uh, what's it called, Smiley Mountain or Silly Mountain or something like that. <laughs> Silly Mountain, I think, is what People it's called. People will let us know what it so is. So they'll, they'll, yeah, they'll tell you what it is. But Silly Mountain is just like this little tiny mountain that people will go hike up or whatever. And I, I remember I ended up there in my car, and I ran to the top, and I remember I just lost it. I, I put my hands my, my head in my hands, and I just sobbed and lost it. I, did, I truly did not know how I was going to survive all this. And, and, um, and that was kind of the point where I had this, this kind of a turning point in, in life. And I, I, when I talk about this, I, I ask people, I say, you know, what's, uh, what's ICU stand for? And everybody's like, oh, it's an intensive care unit. And uh, what's intensive care? You know, what's the purpose of it is to apply intensive care so you can get that person out of the unit. And so I was at this point in my life where I had to apply my own ICU or my own intensive care. And so my acronym for ICU stands for Identify, Control, and Unleash. And the first thing that I did was I identified where I currently was. What were the things that I was, you know, if I had to... Uh, basically say this is Casey Hermanson and I identified each of those those key points about me characteristics whatever I was feeling at that time I made a list of that and then I identified where I'd come from and there was a vast difference in those two lists uh, because right now I was I was completely beat down and beforehand I had all the confidence in the world and so then I identified a third list saying well this is where I want to be and um, and so then extending that into the C is control I realized that I was trying to control a lot of things that I couldn't control in life at that time. So I could not control the fact that my wife had an illness. I couldn't control that we financially had lost everything that we had ever had in life. I couldn't control, um, I couldn't control those current situations. But then I started thinking about going, okay, what can I control? And I knew that I could control certain things in my life, which like I could control whether I got up and exercised in the morning and took a run, a run or I could control whether no matter what, uh, whoever I passed that I smiled and said hi to them. I could control certain things that were within my control at that time, which might seem minimal, but I needed to have some successes. And so by making a list of those things I could control and then going after those, I now started feeling accomplished again because I was accomplishing certain tasks every day that were in my control and nobody could stop me from doing those things. And so that, that literally uh, started a process where I started building up my confidence again, building up my, uh, maybe the idea in my head that like, okay, this is, this is a situation, but I can, I can rise above this situation. And then the U stands for unleash. And, and literally what I think back to that is I used to, I had an opportunity to live in New Zealand for a time um, and I got really immersed into the culture. 
And if you've ever been to New Zealand or ever watched a rugby game or anything like that, we've well, three kids we've, there. Yeah, three oh, yeah. of our kids oh, that's we've right. You mentioned there. that. You mentioned that. <laughs> we've never so been. We've never yeah. got the opportunity you, to go. But we, might, our three oldest boys have gone yeah, there. Yeah, you might want to, you know, tear an ACL so you can go or something. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the, the haka, which is the the right, Maori right. war dance, you right. know. The first time I'd ever seen that, the first time I went to a marae, which is a funeral, uh, a, a place of gathering where they would hold funerals as well, there was just this intensity in the culture. And so um, I kind of took that as an example and thought, man, I want to unleash, uh, which is the you, I want to unleash the passion I have or unleash the energy that I have and the focus like they would unleash it. And I want to unleash that on the things I can control and what I'm identifying, where I want to be. And so I see you identify, control, unleash is kind of what, I, what I've used. And, um, you know, obviously we've been blessed and have come out of this whole situation. And, and, and it's, we've had other situations, right? My wife uh, two years ago had uh, complete neuropathy come on out of nowhere. Her legs wouldn't oh, work. That, yeah, you said and that. yeah, we, we went to every neurologist, neurosurgeon, everybody that we could think of that couldn't pinpoint it and couldn't figure out why this was happening. And we got to the point where we accepted it and we went and bought a wheelchair and thought, well, this is just our life now. And uh, finally somebody keyed in on um, trauma that she's went through and said, hey, this might be a convergence disorder. And uh, anyway, the result of that is she started working with somebody who does energy healing. And yeah. that literally got her legs working again because she was able to take uh, however it does. I don't understand it. That's not my field. That's your field. But they, it was something that was able to work. And, and she went from being in a wheelchair and me car literally carrying her from the bed to the car to the bathroom to the kitchen, wherever, um, to, you know, we're avid, avid outdoors people. And so we're always up in the mountains hiking and climbing and all that sort of thing. And so, you know, it took her from that to now she's blazing trails again. Well, we forget that our body is so interconnected with everything that we yeah. do in our life. And you know, who knows um, what it was that was exactly causing that, but by working on the whole body and not just focusing on one area, you're able to yeah. then get results. And a lot of people forget that we are all interconnected within ourselves. So. Well, the, the kind of the thing about your story, because there's lots of different, different aspects to the whole story thing, but you went through in multiple, t multiple different times the whole medical model of trying to get answers, and unfortunately the answers weren't there. Um, and because of trying going a natural route, there was success. And that's one of the reasons why when we were talking, and I'm like, ah, you should come and talk on our yeah. podcast. Because, you know, that's what, what our whole emphasis on, the Be Healthy Utah Natural Health and Wellness Conference is all about. Is, you know, sometimes there is a point where you have to have you know, medical intervention. You know, we sent our kids, three of them, to New, New Zealand, Zealand for ACL surgery. You can't really do an ACL naturally, right? As far as I know, anyway. Yeah. Um, but there are so many things that we just rely on that medical model, and yet there's other alternatives out there, like the neurofeedback and the energy work and all kinds of different things that can be successful for people that no one even thought would be a way of getting help. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's why we really want to have you broader, on because, because you have a story that's a personal story, you know, rags to, you know, riches to rags to back on top again kind of thing, but all because you're, like you said, your, your marriage, your family, everything was saved because of, because of neurofeedback, yeah. you know, and an actual way to get somebody to be able to just get help. Yep. to be able to get, to get help again. Yeah, it's always been, uh, to me, it's always been an unfortunate thing that it's not uh, something that 
you know, most of these these uh, methods aren't covered by insurance. Right, you, not you, at all. You have to grind through them, right, to get them, but they're the things that, I mean, they, they help and they work. And, and so it, to me, it's always an unfortunate thing that it's not something that's more easily accessible for individuals to, mm-hmm. uh, to, to be able to utilize. Yeah, unfortunately, we've turned into a pharmacological world in the medical model, yeah. and that's kind of what everything's based on. And, and that's, I think, it's the downfall of what's happening in, in medicine. Because um, there's there's definitely great things that can be done. I mean, they're doing some way cool things, right? But in, especially in chronic care and things of that nature, yeah. we're just lacking. And it's because it's all a pharma, pharmacological-based thing. What it is is that, you know, we cannot be pigeonholed into one thing. We have to broaden our perspective to realize that there's other options out there. And our bodies are truly are made to heal. We just need to figure out what it is that, you know, what's our scenario to help us to be able to heal. So we appreciate you coming on and, you know, broadening all of our perspectives on different opportunities that we, our bodies can heal. And also realizing that we are, we are unstoppable. We can unleash that power within us, even though when we are put in hard circumstances, we can triumph from these if we don't just focus on the problem, but focus on really all of the, our surroundings and what can help us to be able to pull us out of these circumstances that we're in. So before, before we um, close down, you, you say you do do some public speaking and you do things of that nature on just kind of on, on inspirational speaking, not necessarily motivational speaking? Uh, you know, motivational, um, I, I, do, I do also company trainings and stuff like okay. that. I've got a long history in, in sales and marketing and right. that sort of thing. And so it really depends on the audience. I've spoken right. to everything from... So just give a little pitch to, for yourself on how anyone can get uh, a hold of you. You know what, honestly, I've been, <laughs> yeah, I've been so focused on a, on a current project the last two years that I, I actually took my public speaking website down. Um, just so I can focus on that, but I still I'm booking things up. Because right now your, your business is getting stuff, so. getting art, getting U.S. stuff into China. That's kind of yeah, and and right yeah, and we work with several U.S. Uh, uh, channels as well. But um, yeah, if anybody was is interested in uh, having me come and speak, I'm more than happy to. I've spoken to everything from women's groups to state organizations to uh, doing company trainings, uh, all sorts of different things. But uh, they can call me at eight zero one six one six. Six two four seven. All right. Is there a website, or you don't? You have the website. Uh, no nope. website. I took down. Okay. Um, it may be going email? back up here. Do you have an email? Yeah, it's uh, Casey at gmail.com. So that's C A S E Y dot H E R M A N S E N at gmail.com. All right. Well, thanks again. Appreciate you coming on. Thank yeah. You, thanks Casey. for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Be Healthy Naturally podcast helping to make natural healthcare the standard, not the alternative. The more knowledge you have empowers you to make changes in your life, and because of this, your life will be elevated. Remember, your health journey is between you and your doctor. This podcast is not meant to diagnose or treat any conditions. However, if your healthcare goals are not being met by your current healthcare provider, then take control of your health and please find a doctor who is in harmony with your healthcare goals. If this episode was helpful and if you know anyone who can benefit from our podcast, share and leave a review. Sometimes all it takes to be our best self is just to elevate our learning. Mm-hmm.